The Federation is threatened. Set your phasers to stun. Geek Confidential is going where it's never gone before. Star Trek Beyond. to the Geek Confidential Podcast. Today, we are discussing Star Trek Beyond. Joining me is my co-host, Craig Peters. Welcome. Hello, Luke. And joining us once again, he was here for the Warcraft episode, Dwayne Eckholm. Welcome back. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Ready to talk some Star Trek. It was either before or after the Warcraft podcast, uh, we were discussing Star Trek, and I know that you're a bit of a Trekkie. Uh, or a trekker, depending oh. on how you want to put it, <laughs> depending on how you want to put it. Um, and so I figured, well, let's have you back and uh, see what your thoughts were on the film. So I'll go to you first. What did you think? Just a quick overview of your overall opinion of the film. What did you think of Star Trek Beyond? I thought it was an excellent movie. It's uh, I was a bit concerned going in with the director change, at which I'm sure we will talk about. But the story was good. The the cast, there was a more focus on the entire cast, not just Spock and Kirk, which I thought was a welcome change. And, uh, you know, some of the things that I saw in the trailer, like the motorcycle thing, ended up not being as, as much of a concern when I see it in the context of the movie. So I really, really, really liked it. And... Uh, so it it was like a supersized version of of one of the original episodes, or one you would have seen uh, William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy in way back in the day. That's how good a story I think it was. Justin, the first trailer for Justin Lin's a Star Trek um, movie did have a a lot of people worried about what this film was <laughs> yes. going to be, and and there was there was talk about it, what how it wasn't an accurate representation of the film. Um, it sort of, we'll dive into it more, but it sort of sounds like you would agree with that synopsis. I definitely would agree that I, I was very put off by the original trailer, but this movie was, was really good. And any Trek fan specifically, you should see this movie. It's really good. Bad first impressions are hard to get past, but it sounds like you have Craig. What's your overall thoughts on it? Well, I'm, I'm not excited as excited by the film as, as uh, he was. I'm, you know, I liked it. I thought it was good. I did not think it was great. I thought that the the makeup and the uh, costuming was a little off. I thought the young woman with the black markings on her face. Would, Jayla? Yeah, Jayla was just too perfect, just too, you know, exact, like something that she was painted on instead of part of being uh, her race or ethnicity. So that bothered me a bit. My problem with the movie is I thought it went too fast. And I thought anybody that wasn't a Trekker would probably get lost. There was too much going on too often. And then lull, big lulls all of a sudden. I thought it was too too much and too big a story for Star Trek. Usually the small stories, the ones that really dig into the characters, are better. My quick take on it was I thought sort of the opposite. I didn't think that there was lots of action and lulls. I thought it was more of a slow build. For me, 
it took a long time to get to the action and I wasn't that wasn't necessarily a bad thing it just wasn't what I was expecting based on the trailers we'd seen so it was a surprise no, it, it took um, halfway through, through the movie practically yeah, before we see I'm the not, villain I'm not talking yeah. about action I'm talking about too many said action no I said too many things going on is what I said too many things going on all you got all this stuff piled in together where I didn't all of a sudden you got this girl talking in a in an odd language and he's and I didn't really and, and then she shows up on the ship I didn't realize she was actually on the ship I mean it was very confusing for me not action wise but just too many things to try to pick up on in the early part of the film and like you said it did take a long time for the action to get going so I'm talking about too many things going on um, my brother was really confused in the film he's not a trekker in any stretch and I, I agree with him. I could understand why somebody didn't know a lot about Star Trek, and I've watched every single episode of everything. Uh, it was confusing. Uh, I even got okay. confused a few times. That's, I mean, again, a non-trekker, obviously. So, but that's what, and I've kind of felt the same thing. Like I had to rush to catch up. I guess I, I liked how it felt. Like Luke saying is that there was a slow kind of build. I mean, there wasn't action immediately. Like, even in Into Darkness, there was action immediately. Like, as soon as the, the movie opens, there's action. I felt like there was the, the scene right at the very beginning, and he's talking, and it's a diplomatic mission. And so that's, you know, that's that's not action, really. And then, you know, it it just kind of when builds from to, there. When they got to Yorktown, even the person, the alien who arrived, it wasn't even so much action. You just saw her floating, and then she was pulled in, and then all of a sudden she was in the, like, the quarantine chamber yeah. uh, to me I, I didn't really think that it was jumping all over the place but i i thought it was just more the slow build in case since i haven't mentioned it already spoiler warning every episode <laughs> of geek confidential other any episode of geek confidential unless otherwise stated will always contain spoilers <laughs> so listen at your own risk as we're talking um, about a movie if you haven't seen the movie and don't yes. want to get it spoiled you should see the movie before listening any further correct well, let's take a little bit uh, a look at the basic premise of the film. In this one, we had Captain Kirk, who was questioning his role in space. He's been there for three years he of a five-year mission, and he's like, am I really getting the job satisfaction, if you will, out of this? At the same time, Spock is worried about the fact that the Vulcan's race needs to be populated, and then he gets to get some bad news, which we'll be discussing in a little bit. They stop for provisions at Yorktown, which is a big base out on the frontier. And while they're there, Craig mentioned it earlier, the alien shows up. She's in a pod. And all of a sudden she's like, well, there was something took place on the other side into the nebula. We need your help to rescue my crew. She said that they had just system problems and she kind of felt like it. she was alluding to the nebula being the reason for it. Obviously, when the uh, Enterprise goes to investigate, we find out that's not really what happened. Correct, which we then are introduced to a swarm of enemies led by the villain Crawl. So since it was a slow build from the beginning, what did you guys think about the emotional beats? The Captain Kirk struggling with his mission, Spock struggling with Vulcan, and then finding out that old Spock has passed away or original continuity Spock had passed away. Craig, what did you think of the buildup that led to it? And I should include the fact that um, prior to the mission, they, he or prior to the, in the mission to investigate, 
he basically says, I would like, he applies for another job. So, Craig, what did you think? I thought the, first of all, I thought Chris Pine applying to be a vice admiral after only a, that very short time in, in Starfleet seemed to be extremely rushed. And Well, he saved Earth. I mean, in, in, into darkness, he literally saved <laughs> Earth. <laughs> Let's hold on I mean, for it. Let's... Once you've saved Earth, don't you think that uh, promotion I, I, should come I'm fairly not talking easily? About, I'm not no. talking about him getting a promotion. I'm talking about the original Kirk was excited about exploring yes. strange new world. Sorry? Craig, Craig is absolutely right there. He was he was so excited in Into Darkness at the end of that film that they were going to go on a five-year mission. That was like his thing. And now at the beginning of the movie, they've been in space 966 days, less than three years. And suddenly yeah. he's like, ho-hum, this is boring. I don't know one day from the next. I'm going to look for a new job. That it's, seemed weird. Vice Admiral's like usually 15, 15 20 years in for someone in well in the in the navy but uh yeah i mean i'm i'm excited to see what they're going to do and i'm not even on the ship so it, it yeah that was a little too rushed as far as spock spock's already what 100 years old so it's a little different for him and his race well, not a, is not in this continuity well, how old is he in this continuity because in this because isn't he same age in this continuity based on the original film with him training i don't know i do know that i do know that spock has a long life to look forward to and he's got to make a lot of baby vulcans that True. i do know <laughs> i mean i don't know why they don't just take his sperm and start donating it around because he is really a special vulcan so give sperm to everybody i mean that it just seems to me that continuing the species is not an issue uh in the year 22 something because you can there's got to be all sorts of technology. So that I wasn't worried about, about creating new Vulcans. Uh, the idea, and so that seemed a little goofy to me. Well, maybe he feels that he needs to do it physically instead of... Every seven years? Well, I don't know. Anyway, but yes, he can do... I mean, maybe he, I don't know, maybe he's become a lech and he wants to have lots of lots of relationships, let's say. So that didn't seem like it fit the original Star Trek either. The, the thing about Spock dying, on the other hand, did... did touch an emotional emotional spark in i'm sure everyone who's an, mm-hmm. an old trekker that that spock being gone that leonard nimoy being gone and that being him probably also kind of weirded him out a bit though he's still too short by the way um <laughs> um so that i understood i understood him picking up spock's mission but once again and, and my point earlier maybe he's not that old in this in this iteration but spock is going to live for plenty of time for him to become an, an ambassador 50, 60 years in the future when all these people that are his best friends who he's really become uh, come to relate to are, are long gone. He's still going to be living for uh, another 50, 100 years. So, and I, I'm not a trekker. I don't know what the actual ages are, but I do know that Vulcans live a very long time and he's going to have a very long time to pick up Spock's mission. So that one threw me for a little bit of a, a curve. Why does he need to do it now? So I, th- I think they did explain that in the original reboot movie. Uh, I think so. When, I think when, right. Because because when before uh, when Vulcan gets destroyed, right? Spock's original, the new Spock that we're introduced, Zachary, Zachary Quinto's character, basically says, "I should return to Vulcan," and it's old Spock, Leonard Spock Nimoy, who, who says, yep. "You're you know you have the advantage of being." two places in once, I'm going to go to Vulcan. I'll 
I'll do the things that that you think I should be doing in Vulcan, and you can keep doing what you need to do right now. But now he's made these incredibly good friends and and people he cares about, and Spock himself in the original version always given the opportunity to do things that other things he always stuck with his friends. Even came back with yes. his friends in, in Star Trek for the movie. So um, that one again. He's got two more years of this five-year mission. It, it just seemed a little rushed for him for him to be leaving. Though they have to make a movie, so they came up with an idea that, that I mean, they, regardless of how illogical it is for Spock to all of a sudden make an emotional decision that he's got to replace the old Spock. Um, remember, he's a Vulcan. He shouldn't get emotional anyway. But um, that, again, that threw me for a bit of a curve. I'm not saying it's completely off, but I think... Maybe he would have stuck with his friends for another couple of years, but anyway, as as but as far as the plot point, I mean, it's it's okay. It just didn't it just didn't seem logical. <laughs> okay, Dwayne, what did you think of that the first part before we get get to the nebula? I, I definitely understand uh, Craig's points and and even echo them. The the whole idea that Captain Kirk was was suddenly you know bored with space and wanted to get out of there it seemed a little ridiculous given how excited he was in the first two movies to get command and then and then get to being assigned this five year mission. I, I, I'm I'm less uh, kind of questioning uh, Spock's feelings on the whole thing. I, it, it felt perfectly natural based on the on the first two movies. And I in fact watched the first two movies this weekend as well to just kind of reacquaint myself to the story leading into this because it's such a a different kind of canon than than the original stuff that that we're used to i i think the death of of the older spock i think is why he felt like he had to leave right now and having this kind of uh set up to where the the two big characters in this movie were both thinking about exiting in different doors basically at the end of of this one last mission i think was it was kind of interesting it, it also seemed i thought a bit, it was interesting I, I, it, it did feel a bit contrived but i agree it was okay. interesting okay. but contrived That's what yes. I was interesting but contrived. Yeah. Okay. yes yes it, it, it's it's definitely not it, this this isn't new territory we're, we're we're treading on here this is this is easily like uh, you know, one of the oldest sort of uh, story arcs that that I think you could find in a movie. There isn't necessarily anything new about any of this. It's just the characters themselves are interesting, and I like the dynamic of how they interact with one another. And and it's just the slow buildup. It, it made sense. It, it didn't seem to drag on it didn't seem to move too fast for me it just it, it was what it was and, and 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 i thought set up the the adventure we were about to take for just as well as any any uh story probably could have everybody had a chance to dock and leave the ship and they were at Yorktown. They get this mission and they're like, okay, we're going to go through the nebula. If I remember correctly, it was like, no one's really ever made it through successfully. We don't know what's going on on the other side. So of course they make it through. And they scaved in like three minutes. It's crazy. Exactly. Exactly. So of course they make it through, but then they are confronted with an alien swarm that, 
fucks up the ship. It breaks it in pieces. The people land. I did like the idea of how the the ships could like just spear into the spaceship and then like open up to allow the people to enter. I thought that was a clever take. I hadn't seen that before, but maybe I just haven't watched enough sci-fi. It turns out that the alien crawl is interested in locating a ancient relic that was part of a weapon that was so powerful it had to be split in half and the halves had to be sent into space so that no one could ever get a hold of it now backing up for a second at the very beginning the movie starts with kirk trying to offer this weapon as a neutral ambassador gift to an uh, to another race on behalf of someone who is trying to make a political overture it doesn't go well for Kirk. I won't spoil that part for you. It but, was an action uh, scene, though, just so you know. It was. Well, it was. Ev- eventually, well, yes. I guess. Eventually, but there was a it lot was, of talking. It was. It was. It was as much humorous as it was adventure. I, I love that. That was. That was my my prime moment. I love that scene. So basically, the artifact had was returned with Kirk to the Enterprise. It the other alien race did not accept the overture. And so Crawl is after this device. And that and when Enterprise is going down, Kirk entrusts it with a, one of his crew to hide it. And Enterprise crashes. And then we are on the planet. That's a where real are, spoiler, by the way. Yes. Where, <laughs> where we are introduced, Scotty encounters a new character called Jayla. Craig, what'd you think of the character? I I personally liked her. I thought she was very interesting. What did you think? As far as as far as the actress who played her, I thought she was I thought she was really good. I, I Sophia Batella. Yeah, I thought she was awesome. I I loved her. I was distracted by, and I watched Face Off. If anybody who's never seen the show Face Off on uh, on Sci Fi Channel, you should watch it because it really talks about uh, about costuming, about characters, about developing them from the from the scratch. And she just her 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 markings seemed too perfect for me, too exact. So that bothered me a bit. But as far as the actress and the character, I loved I loved her. I thought it was a great character. It was a nice addition. Um, I thought that uh, um, everything she did seemed accurate. Didn't seem contrived. Didn't seem too much. Um, even her even the fight scene near the end, I, I thought was just really well done. So yes, I I thoroughly enjoyed her presence on screen. Dwayne, what'd you think? She she was actually really great. I like new characters, especially when they're strong, powerful characters. She reminds me a lot of actually uh, the Khaleesi, Daenerys Stormburned, born okay. from uh, Game of Thrones. Very very self confident, very self assured, but there's also some vulnerability. And I thought the the actress showed kind of both both sides of that. And I I thought that. You know, her and Scotty playing off each other back and forth throughout throughout a lot of the movie, I thought was was excellent. And uh, I, I agree. And the, one of the things that I was surprised about with that was the fact that in the trailer, they made it look like it was going to be more of a Kirk and Jayla thing. Yeah. It, but it ended up being Scotty and Jayla, not romantically, but just as the they were the ones who shared the most scene time. Yeah, the, the kind of the the. The duo when Scotty's doing something she's with, or when she's doing yeah. something Scotty's with, and and you know and, I love I love and Scotty's usually one of my favorite characters, but this time I just felt like 
I don't know how to explain it. I felt that he was not utilized as well as he had been in the past. I don't that know. Is, I don't know how. I, I don't know how to put it. I would. I don't know how to put it into words because it, he was still sort of the fun character. But like when he had the poignant moment with her about how he needed her on a team, it felt off. When he was doing some of the comedy, it felt off. It, it, there was just. I. I don't know what okay. it was exactly, but something was well, off. He with wrote, Scott. He wrote. He wrote. I, was, I know. And so I'm wondering. He wasn't as relaxed, and he wasn't as comfortable. And it's his own words. It's a, it, it, it just he felt like he was. Oh, that's in, that's an interesting point. It, it it wasn't it wasn't comfortable. It wasn't relaxed. It wasn't natural, and 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 yet it was his words. So I'm just wondering if he was trying too hard because he had written the darn thing. So yeah, I felt he was but, uncomfortable in the role for for the first time, and that's the first time I've seen him, Simon Pegg, in movie after movie after movie after movie, and that's the first time I felt that off. That I totally got what you're that, saying. I agree. I love Hot Fuzz, and I I will pretty much give any movie that he is in a chance. I even watched that Alien one, which I was not a big fan of. Um, <laughs> was it Bob, but, Bob or something? Paul? Some, was that Paul? Paul? Yeah. I mean, I watched that thing, and if you could survive that thing, <laughs> you, I mean, but it just felt off to me. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess I, guess I felt... Nick Frost as, a, as an alien in this to help him out. <laughs> I guess, I guess I, I didn't necessarily get, get that. I, I felt like, I actually felt like he was more a part of the action than maybe he had been in the, in the first two movies. It, it felt like it was, his, he, he was more important to kind of the plot as opposed to being just another supporting character, I guess. I, I'll agree with you there. In terms of cast integration, he was better integrated, but in terms of, Scotty being the character I'm accustomed to seeing, he didn't feel all, totally in character mm. for me. Originally, Scotty, James Doohan, always felt like he was, even at the most tense moments, he felt like he was natural, he was controlled, he was going to, you knew you had confidence in him, and he felt like, he felt like uh, comic relief, but in a very smart, intelligent, whip, whip smart kind of way. Where, and this is how Simon Pegg felt in the first two movies to me. In this one, it, it didn't feel that way. He didn't feel like he, it didn't feel like he was completely uh, relaxed. And that, like James well, Doohan always did. Maybe this would be the best way for me to summarize my feeling. I felt like his scenes, even though I know that they were taped before the first trailer came out, the first scenes felt like his scenes had been written after the first trailer came out and they received the criticism for the first trailer. And as a result, he was trying too hard. I don't know if that makes any sense in my mind. It does, but people don't always understand my mind. So I'm not really <laughs> no, going to, I'm not I've going to really for a long time. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. It just felt off. I didn't mean for us to go down a rabbit hole on that or <laughs> to be phased up too late, or too late. beamed up on something. Basically they're there. They crash land on the planet. Spock and Bones are um, stranded together. Scotty is with Jayla and Kirk is with Chekhov. What did you guys think of Bones and Spock? Dwayne? Those two are great together. And you've, you've got the kind of who Carl Urban, who is, I think, Bones. He, he just plays him so well and is the comic relief of this movie more than anything else. The, 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 the wry humor that he's got is great. And then the 
unintentional sort of humor the, the scene when they come out of the the crash shuttle and they're dealing with with Spock's injury the 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 horseshit conversation was yes, absolutely that was, oh, that was great <laughs> it was yep. it was just great and it, and those two playing off each other and later they though, though my favorite moment was the necklace you're tracking yes, your yes, girlfriend yes yes i mean just those two, I, I thought it was ingenious by the writer Simon Pegg and and, and Doug Jong to to put those two together because I I think those two together play off each other so well and and those scenes where they're together just just nail it and they get back in a shuttle later on and and they're together again and it's just it's it's fabulous those guys are great Craig. Well, I love I love Zachary Quinto and I love Carl Urban. I am Carl Urban's biggest fan. I think he can do no wrong as far as I've ever seen. And the only time that I uh, that I felt that a real chemistry in this film was when those two were together, and I felt it like the original like the original pair back all those years ago, uh, Leonard Nimoy and uh, DeForest Kelly. Those guys were just amazing together, and they had that green blooded Vulcan line. I can remember yes. to this day. That was in this film, so yes. uh, yeah, it was like looking back in 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 all those years ago and seeing those guys act act out together, and that that horseshit moment was just again <laughs> it was a little bit a little bit forced, but it was it was so funny that it did I it didn't bother me a bit. So those guys together are awesome. Once again, the only problem I have is I love Zachary Quinto, he's just too short. I'm gonna keep saying that. <laughs> um, <laughs> One of the things that sort of made this film bittersweet was the fact that Anton Yelchin um, was killed in a car accident before the premiere. He, I loved his character in the first two films. And for me, watching him in this film, because it was so close to the release, it was regrettable in that I feel like there were a lot of wasted opportunities, like at the beginning of the film. And, and this is all hindsight is 2020. They can't go back and edit a film. So I totally understand that. But I was like, he didn't have as big of a role this time. And it just was like, oh, this is so painful because we're never going to see him in a film. They've said that they're not going to recast the role. And now and he basically was Kirk's sidekick for most of it. And it was sad. It was bittersweet. And it was also disappointing for me. I, and I appreciated the memorials um, at the end for Leonard Nimoy and um, Yel- Yelchin. But it was sad. Craig, what did you think? Oh, it's, it's terrible. It's really terrible. Um, I, you know, I hate it whenever, whenever somebody that's such, such an integral part of a film dies, particularly when the series is not over and there was so much to, so much room for him to grow. And so, um, I heard, I was extremely sad when I heard it and it's, it's just really sad when you watch the film. It's like the Fast and Furious series, you know, it's just, there's something taken away when, when such an integral part of the, the the series and who's been so good. You know, Paul Walker died in the in that series. It was that was torture. This was not quite torture because I hadn't got so involved with this the character, but it it was it was sad. Um, so, Dwayne, I agree. It, it it was sad. It was a little difficult to see him on screen the first time and the first few times, and then and then. I don't know, part of me just kind of kept expecting that they were going to end up having to kill him off in the movie. 
I guess I don't I don't know so I kept kind of waiting for that to happen a little bit and and I'm glad they didn't necessarily that you know they'll figure out something for the, for the next movie but it it, it was kind of cool to see that once they get to the planet that that him and Kirk are matched are kind of paired up and 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 they have the, the big scene with the with the saucer section of the ship and 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 it was kind of this well, this is the last time we're going to see this, and and it, it 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 was it was good, I guess it was good enough to kind of leave me with a, a a nice kind of impression of him in that role in this series. Uh, the crew was stranded on the planet. Jayla, it turns out, her home, her lair, turned out to be an old USS starship that went out and was never found. And there had been all kinds of mythologies that had built up about the crew. And so without a ship, Kirk is like, how do we get this one working? And how do we rescue the crew who have been enslaved or captured by crawl? They come up with a plan, but they have to go rescue everybody. And two of the characters who were captured are Lieutenant Uhura and Sulu. Now, Uhura she didn't, I don't even know if I'd call it pivotal. This time she was there. She might have been able to do some stuff, but she didn't quite. Like also I'm, starring. <laughs> it's always all Yeah, it, it was sort of, it. she had her moments, but the character itself, it seemed like some of the screen time that she would enjoyed in the previous films was taken by Jayla in this one, if that makes sense. It wasn't like... The men's screen time was reduced. It was hers. I don't know if that's fair, but that's how it felt for me watching it. So she had a couple scenes. And then we had Sulu, who prior to the film, that character was caught up in a controversy. Well, I don't know if it would be a controversy, but a lot of a hubbub because it was announced that the character was going to be revealed as gay in the film. And a lot of people applauded it. But then you had George Takei who of course originated the original Sulu who had a different opinion. He was like, I appreciate the fact that there can be gay people in this universe, but this character, what that's not how Gene Roddenberry envisioned it. There was a back and forth on it, but for me watching the film, I appreciated what they did with Sulu from a standpoint of you don't get to see a lot of gay characters have primary roles, be badass. There are exceptions, of course, but in big film franchises, you don't. So I was I was very pleased. I enjoyed his scenes when he was on in Yorktown meeting his husband and child. And but I also like the badassery of when they're taking this old ancient starship off a cliff and Kirk asks him, do you think you can do it? And he's like, this is paraphrasing. Of course I can. And then he badass flies the ship. So I appreciated that. Craig, what did you think of the controversy and what did you think of the portrayal in, in the film? I, well, I think it was a non-controversy. I don't think it was a big deal. The, the moment I found out George Takei was uh, was gay, it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I think a lot of that controversy is as, as much as that ship just happening to be on that planet. We understand why later, but at that point I thought, what? okay, there just happens to be a ship on this planet. Uh, for them to, to fly, it seemed a really a stretch. Uh, the same thing as this controversy. Nowadays, that controversy is a non-controversy. 
it, but if you look at it, there aren't very many depictions in major franchises. Well, no, but there, I mean, if you, there if you look be. at Star Wars or the Marvel Universe or any of the other big franchises, you don't see that type of character well, a lot. There are exceptions, of course, but they're not around a lot. No, they're they're not. But the, the next set of franchises, I bet you will. Know. But remember, there. I agree. First of all, first of all, uh, not everybody is out, as we all know, and secondly. I think it's not that big a deal. I mean, it's a big deal that there aren't. Let me put, I, I don't want to say this wrong. There's a big deal that there aren't, but I am sure that, that we all know. And I know people that, um, that just never, never decided they were going to tell anybody and they just live their lives just as if they didn't matter. And I think, so the controversy didn't bother me. Didn't, I didn't, it didn't shock me when all of a sudden when John Cho Put his uh, put his arm around his uh, his partner. It wasn't a big deal I, I, anymore. I don't find it to be a big deal. That, uh, uh, but I think it's I think it's good that in in a, in a major franchise that they they showed this. It's going to be interesting to see. As as Dwayne mentioned, we're going. It won't be very long. We're going to have 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 a major gay character in in the um, in the Avengers universe in the Thor universe. Who knows? We may find out Tom Hiddleston that Loki is actually gay because we've never seen him with the girl. So, I mean, who knows? And it doesn't matter. It, it should be. It, they're in there. They just haven't haven't brought them out yet. To, to coin a phrase. Uh, <laughs> I hope that's not too goofy, but it's not. There, you know, so it's going to happen. And I'm I'm waiting for it to see who it's going to be. So, um, so Dwayne, it was a good thing that you brought that up. And yeah, we're going to see that, and we should. Dwayne, uh, they did actually cut the kiss out, but what did you think of the controversy and the depiction? So I, I didn't actually hear about the controversy until we started uh, prepping for, for the podcast this evening. To me, it did not stick out in the movie. So to me, if it doesn't stick out in the movie, then it's really not that big an issue. I mean, I, I guess I focused more on the fact that he was lifting up the the, the, the daughter that he the the a few moments prior they they'd shown a picture of her on on uh, Sulu's console and so I was more focused on him picking up the daughter that and giving her a hug than really even noticing that there wasn't that it was a guy instead of a girl that he was putting his arm around as they were walking away. I mean, you're talking about like five seconds worth of of movie time and. The, the comments that George Takai made, I, I totally understand and respect where he's coming from, that, you know, this is Gene Roddenberry's vision and that he had a thought and a feeling on how all these characters should be. But I don't think that the way this was handled by Simon Pegg and the director, Justin Lin, I, I think the way it is in the context of the movie, it, it doesn't take away, doesn't ad doesn't take away from the movie and so it it, it it's good it, it's fine and and i i i can't wait till we get to the point where this sort of thing is a non-story and so the next the, the you know the next set of franchises where we have these openly gay characters and and they're celebrated for what they do or we're not even celebrated because they're gay characters they're just celebrated because of their character and that's who they are that that's that's where we should be at and so i totally get what george was saying but i i think it's i think it was a non not non-issue and and unless you're really looking for it you're not going to notice it anyway so 
I think you shouldn't worry about it. So Kirk, um, Spock, and Scotty and the, and the entire crew, uh, they rescue the crew. They decide to take off. Crawl and his swarm have taken off through the nebula for Yorktown to try and destroy it. And I mean, I enjoyed the scene a lot where like it fell off the cliff and they got propulsion. It reminded me of when I was a kid and when the pickup wouldn't start, you'd like because it was a stick shift, you would take and you'd start it down a hill, get it going and then flip the switch and try and get the car running. It reminded me of that. And I enjoyed that aspect because it was like, okay, this is a little bit like when I was a kid. They get back through the nebula and they discover that the swarm is attacking Yorktown and they come back to a piece that was er depicted earlier in the film where Jayla had discovered old earth music, which was a form of like a rap song. Yes, fight the the power. Fight the powers that be, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Public enemy. Yes. And so we get to the scene and they're like, how are we going to prevent these? And we need to broadcast something that is going to clog up their signal. And they're like, I know what we're going to do. We're going to do it on FM radio. And I'm like, oh, my God. But then it, but then it actually turned out really well. They, they, di- they disrupt everything, playing the song again. But one of my favorite standout moments was when they called it classical music. I was like, oh, that's clever. They're calling rap classical music, which to us, we would not call that quote unquote yeah. classical music. I love that. The, the cool thing about that was, yeah, it was sa- the, the song they played to interrupt everything was sabot- sabotaged by the Beastie Boys. So a different song. But I liked the fact that, they, that, that Kirk's like, hey, good choice. And it's because that's the song that's playing in the car when young Kirk is, is speeding down the Iowa road yes. in the very first movie. Yep. So it was yes. a callback even to the earlier in the in the reboot franchise that Easter egg I just Easter loved. Egg. <laughs> what I also appreciated about the film is as they were doing it and as the swarm was exploding, the spaceship was surfing the wave and the fire was going. I like that element visually from a cinematic standpoint. It took me back to the first film where you have the original crew before the, the timeline is altered facing down that the big spaceship that's coming through. Mm. I really, I liked that element. It gave me that vibe. What did you guys think of the attack, the, uh, the attack, the action scenes? And I guess we, sh- um, once we get done with that, we'll go into the motive behind the attack. Uh, Dwayne, what'd you think? Uh, visually and just everything. It was really something to watch. It was, it was, uh, you know, a CG at it at its finest. I don't think it was overdone. I thought it was. I thought it hit the right chord between kind of just being enough explosions and just too much explosion, just for the sake of having explosions. And I don't know something about uh, the the song in the background and just kind of things exploding in time with the with the music. It just it was it was it was a really fun kind of popcorn oh my god this is great sort of scene and and probably one of the more memorable scenes from 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 the movie craig it gave me a guardians of the galaxy vibe what did you think as soon as as soon as the music was playing the first time i thought here we go guardians tribute to guardians of the galaxy that was when that was when fight the powers that be i i'm immediately leaped over to guardians of the galaxy vibe so the scene the scenes were great once again it seemed to me anyway, it went, it went too fast. There wasn't enough. So I could actually tell everything that was going on. 
So one one viewing of this film is never going to be enough because there's so much going on that it's hard to pick up everything. At least for me, it was. So See, I don't think seeing gonna... that swarm kind of move in formation and stuff, I, I I don't think I truly appreciated how kind of rhythmically those things moved around and just how jarringly different it ended up being because of the music and, exactly. and that sort of thing. And I could see that. There were all those references to bees. And of course, that's the way swarms of bees move. They look like quite a bit like that. So I love that reference that this was this was his swarm of bees kind of thing. But once again, you're going to have to see that thing over and over again before you really see all the 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 energy and the, the, the beauty of the dance of those of those vehicles. So I think this movie definitely re- is going to have some replayability just because of things like that. I think that there's always going to be stuff like that that is going to be interesting or you might pull something new out again by seeing it. Which brings us to our villain, Crawl, portrayed by Idris Elba who is pretty badass. His character, Crawl, it turns out, is really Belthazar Edison, who was the captain of the Franklin, the classic spaceship that had been lost in space and that mythologies have been built about. And the reason why he's attacking the Federation, base Yorktown, is because he feels like he was abandoned by the Federation and he wants revenge. And part of his mythology is the fact that Prior to space exploration, he was a military man on Earth fighting wars in space against the people who would later become members of the Federation. And there's a bit of a metaphor to today's politics, if you want, in his backstory. But his whole plan is to unleash the artifact weapon in Yorktown. I feel like poor Kirk ends up in a box or or some sort of bubble every time that he has to get out of. Uh, It's almost becoming a little bit of a cliche (laughs) because uh, he has to go in and do something in either a big circular container or a square one. Sorry, have you seen Uh, Galaxy Quest, Luke? Parts of it. Galaxy Quest is making fun of Star Trek because of exactly that. That we we got to see Star uh, we got to see Kirk with his shirt off. Another another obvious pull obvious tribute to the old Star Trek. I mean, yes, Kirk is the old fashioned. 1950s to 60s hero that always ever always gets this massive shot always gets his, his shirt off and oddly enough the one thing they've changed he doesn't always get the girl that is that is a tradition he got very little action this time which <laughs> is sort of surprising in fact he didn't get any he didn't get any action. did he nope he didn't get any action this time. And so, I, boy, that's what three years in space will do to you. I guess that's why he's looking for a transfer, probably. Probably, yeah, probably looking to get a little bit of action on that. Uh, on that, he forgot to prime his face. Artificial yeah. planetoid. There you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dwayne, what did you think of the attack? The the attack and the and the fight sequence between and the finale, basically. Yeah, between Crawl and and Kirk. I I will be honest. I'm a a younger man, and so I grew up more on the next generation and the series that came after it than I did the original the original cast. But from from what I remember of the movies, the original movies, and and the few episodes of the original series, it was it was the Kirk gets his butt kicked, but still ends up saving the day when it all comes down to it. And and so it it it, it was kind of just. The way the way it was supposed to be, it, it felt like a dance, kind of back and forth between between him and and crawl, and 
the flying through the slipstream to get back to the to the spot where they can unleash the weapon to to destroy Yorktown was was a bit incredible to the point of almost uh, unable to suspend disbelief. But it, it still it was it was like the fight scene outside Yorktown. It was it was fun, and it was what I would have expected from a Star Trek film. And so it was, it, it was great. And uh, I enjoyed it. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about director, Justin Lin, because the first trailer that gave such a bad first impression, one of the big complaints that you were, you heard was this is fast and furious in space and it doesn't feel right. And when I read the reviews after the fact, after it, um, Star Trek Beyond had been seen. It was like, he did it right. He did Fast and Furious in space, but he did it right. So you have the two, both both compliments and derogatory <laughs> towards towards it because Justin Lin does Fast and Furious. Craig, what did you think of the, the way this film was directed? Because it was different. It did have a different vibe and a different rhythm, shall we say. My my take is just there was too much too much to take in, uh, too many things going on, and I would have liked. I mean, it's true it built up as as we went along, but I just there were too many things going on. There were too many of the B things running around uh, to be able to take in all the all the incidentals, and so I, I liked the way it was directed, but I I think I would have liked more character interaction and a little smaller story, a little more intimate story, and I do not like the way I do not like the cost or the what would you call it? The characters' costumes, or um, the creative well, technically characters. that's different. I mean, isn't costuming different than directing? Well, no, I'm or, or do you consider it all? Well, part no, of the a same? director has to, a director. I've watched Face Off. I watch these directors, and they tell them how they want their their characters to look. My my big problem is Justin Lin has control of nearly every facet of the film, and I don't like the way the characters seem to be artificial and not real beings. Jayla and and Crawl just seemed artif- artificial to me. They did not seem like natural characters, and that's my one one big knock on it. Uh, otherwise, I think Justin Lin did a fine job. I I would sort of agree with you on that. The, the character, not Jayla, but the the captain who showed up, even though she was alien, she didn't feel authentic. And then the character who was left responsible for keeping the artifact safe well very cool luck looking i loved what happened when her tentacles expanded i thought that was really cool also didn't quite feel authentic so i get what you're saying with authenticity uh Dwayne, what did you think of the director what did you think of the rhythm and his in in i guess if we're going to go there the sound effects and the various other aspects of the show that he's responsible for i think justin lynn did a good job with with this story, I think that the story felt like a, a Star Trek story, and I thought he did a good job of taking that and putting it on the screen. I, I totally understand that, I and, and even I share and echo some of the fact that I think part of the reason uh, I didn't like this movie as much as as maybe Into Darkness or something would be that Crawl didn't seem like as much of a villain as as say Benedict Cumberpatch did in in Into Darkness, but there's it it this the story still moved along the story uh, on the screen made sense to me. It 
There was, there, it was not Fast and Furious in space, and that was the thing I was worried about. I'm not a Fast and Furious fan. I'm sure there's tons of those people out there, but that wasn't what I was looking for. I, I am very intellectual. I think of my sci-fi as intellectual. I, I, I'm looking for intellect and smarts, and along with my action. I want to have a good time. And I felt like Justin Lin took that story and made it intellectual and action-packed and something that I can watch many times and, and not really tire of it. Okay. Star Trek Beyond ends with them toasting. Kirk has is not taking the job promotion that he could have got. Because not only has he saved Earth, he's also saved Yorktown. Bach is not going off to make mad, passionate Vulcan or impassionate Vulcan love. And we see them toasting to their next voyage. Before we go to our five star uh, scores, I want to get your opinion on one aspect, uh, one little Easter egg, if you will, which was the picture of the original cast. Two things crossed my mind immediately. First, this is awesome. And second, how the fuck does this fit into continuity? Because how would they have it? Well, that's obvious. The original Spock. The original, well, I, yeah. get, I get that. I, I guess I get the original Spock, but I, I was thinking of it more from a standpoint since those two continuities split. Did he just have that thing on that original little ambassadorship of course ship, spaceship yeah. that he was on he must it have. seems it seems like that would be a little bit too coincidental but i'm not i'm not complaining about it it just sort of took me out i was like i have to think through the continuity i, on I did the same thing in the movie i'm sitting there i'm thinking what in the hell how could that possibly be there and then i realized of course that the one one of the most treasured possessions that he had would be a picture of the original crew I agree with you that, but it it just sort of took me out of the me film. Too. I'm not me criticizing too. it, but it took me out of the film because I had to think about it, and, and maybe that maybe I'm just not the thinking man's movie type person, or the thinking <laughs> oh, movie gee. man. Oh gee, yeah. Craig mentioned it. Dwayne, what did you think? I I thought I, I thought it was really nice. I, I thought throughout the whole movie, the the way they handled Leonard Nimoy, his passing, the way they kind of weaved him in into the story. I was hoping they would do it with with dignity and class, which Leonard Nimoy portrayed in the first two films of the reboot. And they, they, they hit just the right chord. It, it, it gave me kind of just a little lump in my throat. Every time I saw something relating to, 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 to Leonard or, or the original cast. That brings us to our final ratings out of five stars. What would you give star Trek beyond Dwayne? I think that, uh, I liked this movie uh, better than the original Star Trek reboot. I didn't like it quite as much as Star Trek Into Darkness, so I think I... You're jumping ahead yes! of me. Hey, well, you're jumping ahead of I me. I need to, a five star. I, I'm explaining where my stars are going oh, to be. Okay. I would okay. say this is a four-star movie. Okay. Craig, what did, oh, give me your stars, and then we'll get to our rankings. <laughs> I'm giving I'm giving Star Trek Beyond a three. I don't think it has the legs of the other two. And I'm giving it a four. I think that this was much more enjoyable than watching The Force Awakens. 
but I tend to prefer Star Trek over Star Wars. So I enjoyed it. It was not okay. Before I myself start going You're into rankings, the, I'm doing the exact same yeah. thing. You just criticized uh, so him for Wait. Dwayne. What? How would you rank them? What's one, two, and three? So, Into Darkness is the best, just because I lo- I loved the film. I loved Benedict Cumberpatch as Khan in that movie, and it was just start to finish. I just loved everything about it. This one. Very, very close second, though. It, it, I, I was worried about Justin Lin. I was worried about Simon Pegg writing this. They both performed above and beyond anything I expected, especially after seeing the first trailer. And I'm always going to love movies without time travel in them before movies with time travel, because I think that's such a crutch and such a overused thing and creates so many questions that never get answered. And so a distant third is the, is the first Star Trek movie. Craig, how did you rank them? I'm going to rank them one, two, three from the, from the order of appearance. I could, I cannot believe the original start new Star Trek was, was as good as it was and brought those characters into play as well as it did with a great story no contrivance. It just laid it out there, and I loved it. Uh, two, I thought was exciting and interesting and a lot of fun. And three, <clears throat> this latest one, I don't think to me it wasn't as it wasn't as new, novel. The characters didn't interact quite as well, all of them, um, and it just wasn't as much fun for me. So one, two, three, the, the order of appearance. Okay. Start, the first Star Trek is my number one. I loved that film. I watched that thing three times or four times in the theater. I own it on Blu-ray. I regularly I watch it once or twice a year. I love the original Star Trek. When it introduced the reintroduced the world and gave it so much humor and action, I was all on board. And I had hoped for more of that with The Force Awakens. My number two is actually Star Trek Beyond. I enjoy... I enjoyed it. I felt that unlike Into Darkness, it wasn't as villain heavy. And in some respects, I think that Into Darkness, even though I like uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, felt like it was too much about the villain and not as much about the crew. I liked, with the exception of my complaint about Scotty and uh, Uhura, I thought that this was this crew had good dynamic. Um, So for me, it's Star Trek, Star Trek Beyond, and then Star Trek Into Darkness. Um, On that note, we would encourage you to comment on this episode at geekconfidential.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash gkconfidential. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gkconfidential. We thank you for listening. Oh, actually, wait. We thank you for listening. But before we go, where could they find you, Craig, on Twitter? Z Movie Maniac, at Z Movie Maniac on Twitter. And Dwayne? If someone wants to hit you up about Warcraft or Star Trek, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at at DeckHome, D-E-C-K-H-O-L-M. Until next time, so long.